First news with Keeler in the morning on WIBX and WIBX950.com. Luke, good morning. Thanks for coming on. My pleasure. Uh, let's start with uh, the announcement. Are you surprised? Anthony Brindisi says, I'm, I'm not going to run. In some ways, yes. Uh, you look at the political landscape and what he's been able to do, and you know he's by far the, the best candidate Democrats have. But then you got to balance that with the challenges of being a congressional candidate, particularly in a highly watched district, and the rigors of being a congressional representative. I'm always yeah. telling my students, whether you like your member of Congress or not, that person puts in 40, 50, 60 hours a week. And so it's really a grueling job, particularly in a large district like ours, uh, and one that's not particularly close to D.C. So I, I completely understand most likely where he's coming from in that regard because of the quality of life and wanting yeah, to spend yeah. more time with family. And I and I, I imagine a bit of a sour taste after the way this thing went down where we, we really don't know what the outcome would have been. It may very well have been Claudia Tenney won by a couple hundred votes or uh, or maybe almost a thousand votes. Uh, it may have been Brindisi was the, uh, the winner. That's a very sour taste, I think, for not just the candidates, but for, for the public as well, knowing that there were a lot of votes that just didn't end up getting counted. Yes, it was, it was not a good electoral process for sure. And if you're in the middle of that, not only did you go through a highly competitive, normal, so to speak, uh, congressional campaign, but then you had several months of uh, legal and political aftermath as well that you had to, to deal with. Uh, yeah. And that's, that's not easy. I have somebody yelling at me already here saying, are, are you trying to say that Claudia Tenney didn't win fair and square? No, no I'm not saying that. I'm saying that I'm, I'm sure Ms. Tenney would rather have had all of the votes and not gone through all of the votes counted and not gone through this craziness. It doesn't matter. It's just it's 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 wrong that this is happening in the electoral process. Would you agree with that, Luke? Yes, the electoral process was flawed. That's not to take anything away from the legally recognized victor. It's more to point out that it needs to be fixed moving forward no doubt. for the yeah. good of all of us. Uh, how much do you think uh, Brindisi was saying, you know what, I don't know what this district's going to look like. I may be facing CatCo. Um, you think that played a little bit of a role in his decision? That's hard to say because uh, Representative CatCo in our neighboring district, he's, he's a little bit on the ropes. He is, and, yeah able to weather uh, quite a few storms has been an impressive candidate in, in maintaining uh, the 24th district, but now he's lost the conservative endorsement, and, and that's, uh, that's a big deal for someone like him who's uh, trying to portray himself as a moderate Republican and, and hold together the Trump faction of the party, uh, the Republican Party, the, the conservative party line, as well as some moderate Republicans and maybe some moderate Democrats. So you lose a big chunk of your coalition yeah. there. Yeah. And uh, your your footing is less strong, so it's really kind of an interesting political development. It is, uh, yeah, I think it is because then let's say that it is that we become a part of that uh, of that district. So now you have Catco consider him as the moderate. A conservative runs from the Syracuse area. Claudia Tenney runs from from this area. Boy, we've got a, a really split up primary um, that actually could benefit Claudia Tenney if you if you think about it. I thought so too. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's hard to envision how it's all going to unfold, of course. It is. many moving pieces. But if we proceed from the assumption that the new commission system puts forth two plans 
And per the new process, they get rejected by the legislature, and the Democrats are in control of the redistricting, and I think there's a good chance that's going to happen. The key question they have is do they want to try to tinker at the margins in parts of the state that they look at as competitive, or do they want to remake the whole map in a way to try to maximize the number of seats that, that Democrats could pick up? And yeah. I think if you look at the national landscape and, and politics in Albany, they're more inclined to go to the latter. So I wouldn't be surprised if we have a very different map altogether uh, because it, it's such a big national battle, yeah. this redistricting. And uh, the Democrats nationally do not have a lot of states where they have unified control, and there's a redistricting process in place this year. And so there's going to be a lot of pressure for New York to, to do uh, for the Democrats in New York to do what they can to pick up as many seats as possible. And I, I have a hard time seeing them not go in that direction. So you feel they're going to carve, we'll just have another carving, uh, you know, that, that looks abnormal but fits the uh, the demographics for the Democratic Party? Well, so the Supreme Court said that partisan gerrymandering is constitutional, which, in my professional opinion, was a problematic ruling if you're someone like me and think gerrymandering is bad. Yeah. I'm not necessarily saying Democrats are going to gerrymander in the sense that they're going to have all these funny-looking districts all over the place. That's possible. Um, I'm just suggesting that there's strong incentives for them to rethink the entire map rather mm-hmm. than look at 24 and 22 and say, let's take a little bit of this and a little bit of that. Right. Um, hopefully, whatever emerges will be relatively contiguous, and there is some state law that requires that. Um, but I'm just suggesting I wouldn't be surprised if NY22 is, is different much different than what it is right now. And I think you're right. It's probably more likely that we'll, we'll head east or west uh, than have the, the southern tier in our district. But, of course, you know, it's speculation at this point. I don't yeah, know for sure. Yeah. Uh, there's a good chance that, uh, I mean, it's possible that Herkimer County might be separated from Oneida County. Uh, it's possible that uh, we are a part of the Syracuse uh, area. And if that's the case, the big fear for people here is that, we're going to struggle because of their population dominance. We'll struggle with having a local candidate uh, going forward or a local winner going forward. Yeah, so if we're adopting the mindset of uh, Democrats potentially trying to, to map out favorable districts, then you're looking at the urban centers throughout upstate and how to create districts where you have one or more of those and that give you a registered voter advantage, you know, yeah, going yeah. from Utica to Syracuse to Rochester and so on. So, yes, it, you know, perhaps Utica is somehow isolated, you know, with Utica Rome is somehow isolated, or perhaps it's, it's uh, married up with, with a Syracuse. And in that case, yes, I think that the Syracuse politics of it will uh, dominate another shadow Utica for sure. Can you walk us through the, uh, the redistricting process, how that will happen? Sure. So uh, there's a 10-member commission uh, set up, and this is an effort to try to avoid gerrymandering. And there's these what are called nonpartisan commissions that have been used in, in other states to try to draw boundaries because they want to try to get some of the political uh, machinations out of this. And so uh, the interesting thing is that political scientists know that nonpartisan commissions are not that much better empirically at drawing uh, less partisan <laughs> districts than right. state legislatures. Uh, but anyhow, we've got a 10-member uh, commission that's in charge of this. They have to put forth uh, a plan uh, for redistricting, and then it goes to the legislature. And the legislature can reject the plan, 
with a two-thirds vote. So that's why the Democratic advantage in the Assembly and the Senate is so key here. And if they reject two uh, plans, then basically the legislature is able to amend the proposal, and they can amend it significantly if, if they want. So right now we're waiting for, I believe, some more census data to come in, some final numbers in terms of um, where people live throughout the state, and that'll come in sometime in the fall, and then I believe the, the, the plans will be hashed out and that, that legislative process will unfold. Do you see, um, uh, do you, do you, will this include the state race, uh, like, for instance, the Assembly and the Senate? Yes, those, okay. those districts also get. Because uh, if you look, at, you look at the former Claudia Tenney uh, district, which is now Brian, Brian Miller's, I mean, that is just the worst example of egregious gerrymandering. Um, and if you, if you talk to people in the know, they almost all unanimously say it was done as punishment to Claudia Tenney when she was in the Assembly. Yeah, I mean, it, it's a difficult political process, drawing districts, particularly when the people in office are in charge of drawing them. Yeah. And so it's nearly impossible to remove a partisan competitive dynamic from it. You know, there's some talk that you can go to computer-generated models that sort of take human beings out of it altogether. But then the downside of that is you're not necessarily thinking about communities and right. uh, historic ties and subcultures in big states. So there really just isn't a perfect way to do it. And yeah. human beings are self-interested, and that, that gets into this process one way or another. All right. It's going to be very interesting, Luke, as always. We, uh, we appreciate the expert opinion. My pleasure. Have a great right. day. You do the same. Thank you so much, uh, Luke Perry. Uh, smart guy, uh, really, uh, especially in this uh, congressional race. Uh, knows a lot about it and gives a, a great perspective and it gives you an idea of how this whole thing. So by the end of the year, we're, we're going to know what not only the congressional race looks like, uh, the seat looks like, but what will happen in the Senate and what is going to happen in the uh, in the assembly. And you kind of wonder if uh, Brian Miller's district will change a little bit.